Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. We gotta stop taking this much goddamn time. I don't, I don't even know what, how to catch up or what we've talked about or yeah. where we're going or what we're doing or... What is... Life? Yeah. What is what? What is jump what? What is jump what? It is March... Third. Third, for that matter. 2024. And if you're new here, normally every week uh, we watch a movie from a massive movie collection and then we talk about it. And we also talk about our lives. But uh, this year, uh, 2024, uh, we, it's March 3rd, and uh, this is our fifth podcast, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Yeah, we, sometimes life gets in the way of, you know, watching movies and recording. And, uh... Lame Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I know. Rarely ever does... Movies and recording get in way of life, so uh, fortunately, sometimes we just have to, you know, roll with the punches. And yeah. uh, on on this night, we will be recording two episodes. Yes, we uh, will to make up for to the fact catch that up. we we missed last week's episode. The reason why we missed last week's episode, you can probably still hear hear in my voice, is I'm nasally as all fuck, is because both Samantha and I were dealing with. Uh, Getting over sickness, getting over being sick. Yeah. Uh, we, I don't know if we talked about going down to Miami on the Bright Line. I, I, uh, I don't get I don't remember the last time we recorded. Uh, but we were in Miami and we returned from Miami and did not feel great um, because your dad was sick and you were sick first. Another one of us had COVID. We took COVID tests and we're fine. Um, but you were sick. I was. And then we, you were sick. Then I got sick because of you. You don't have to say you just say that we were sick. You don't have to play the blame game with yeah, it. It's fun, more fun that way. Uh, so basically, every night that we could record, we were like, no, no, <laughs> no. One of us is not going to be any fun to listen to in terms of either. What's coming out of our mouths or how we sound. More, so, more than usual. Yes. So. Uh, and then this week was us, us kind of catching up from that. So we're recording. So this will be literally going online as soon as we're done right recording away. it. And we'll already have next week's done in advance. And the week after that will be our award show. We are, thankfully, our two out of three movies already prepared for the, the next podcast we would do after that as well, because we've watched Jackass the movie and Jackass number two. So all I have to do is knock out Jackass 3D, and we'll be ready for that episode as well. So we're trying to we're trying to get like far enough ahead where when shit happens, like us going to the Rodrigo concert, and us going on a cruise, and us uh, doing toy shows, and us having Jilly uh, shows, and all kinds of other things that we have coming up over the next couple months, we're prepared. Um, because we, 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 we like talking about movies with one another, especially... Today's movie, and especially next week's movie, um, 
I want to make sure we don't miss those things. Uh, in the midst of all this insanity, I was sacked up on the couch, like, quote-unquote, working. Um, <laughs> but while I was, quote-unquote, working and not feeling well, I was able to knock out a lot of movies. And we also went to the movies. We did. We got to go see a movie. We had a date night planned, despite the fact that we both felt like other shit. It was the first one we had planned for... Months. At least six months, I think. At least. Uh, my mom was here babysitting Jillian, so we're like, we're going to get out. We went and did uh, our second favorite escape room of all time, which was Star Trek themed, so it's kind of appropriate, because we've done all the Star Trek movies that we care to watch on the podcast, yep. and, and killed it and had a great time. Uh, and we finally had dinner at the chef's table, uh, like a prefixed amazing dinner uh, in so our, our, our former neck of the woods uh, that we still managed to enjoy, despite how, by that point, utter crap we felt like <laughs> at that moment. But in the sandwich of those two things, what we did do was we went and saw Drive-Away Dolls uh, in theaters. We uh, did. The first movie by just one Coen brother. Of course, I'm recording. I have so much fucking drainage in me right now. It's fucking annoying as shit. Ew. Nobody wants to hear any of well, that. Well, get ready for a lot of it. Um, Ew. And we both kind of walked into the movie mostly cold. Like, I had seen... A trailer for it, but the trailer for it was pretty ambiguous in terms of yeah, yeah, what was absolutely. really going on. Um, so we watched it um, with my brand spanking new addition to the family, my Ugh. Dune popcorn bucket, which I've used uh, to eat out of once since then. You don't need to. The your <laughs> syntax, your syntax is just. Atrocious. That's the list of which I used. I was like, oh boy. Your syntax is atrocious. Just tell everyone that you already stuck your dick in it. I did. And let's be done with I it. I have not stuck my dick in it. And I won't stick my dick in it because it's weird. And I refuse. Okay. The end. Uh, I fucking love driveway dolls. I thought it was so much fucking fun. It was, it was righteously weird. Uh, while still having kind of a, a, a neat message behind it, uh, more of an LGBT adjacent movie than I had anticipated. LGBTQI. TQ, I know, I know, I know. I don't add them on because I know at least I got that part right. And if I do any more, then I'm going to be wrong. Uh, so I, I guess that's a fair for. point. Um, some great performances. Very, very funny. Absolutely outlandish. I, it's getting a. I think it's going to be ultimately like a cult classic, but it's gotten pretty bad uh, publicity in terms of uh, just like audience re- reaction. And it tanked at the box office as well. So, uh, but I liked it. Did you like it? Yeah, I agree on all counts. Yeah, it, it was fun. Like I did not know what to expect. It wasn't that, but I, think, I wasn't upset about it. I think that's why I liked it even more. Is because like I just walked into it more blind than I have for a movie in a very, very long time. See, and it's I, nice it, to do it's, that. It is very, very nice. That's why me. I try to always do it. Yeah. That's why I'm not all about the trailers and well, especially nowadays, spoilers trailers and just, things. You know, the trailers tell you the whole freaking movie most of the time. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I agree. absurd. So, um, what I've watched, I'll quickly go through. I'm only going to do two of them and I'll go over the other two next week. I'll do the two that I watched the first day. I'll do the two they watch the second day. Sure. Um, the best of the ones that I watch, I watched Past Lives, um, Academy Award nominee for Best Picture, Past Lives. Uh, just a very, very quiet and contemplative 
adult movie about, you know, your childhood and growing up and what you missed out on and, and what you have and relationships. There is nothing outstanding about it at all except it just feels very real and simple and true. Um, I think you, I think you'd like it a lot. Um, it was a very, very interesting watch. Um, I, it got nominated for Best Screenplay and Best Picture. I think that's it. And a lot of people wanted some acting nominations and some other things for it. Um, I, I'm fine with what it got. I, it definitely, it's it's not above a, a several of like my top Best Picture nominees that I watched, but I did like it more than several of the other ones I did see, so... Um, Past Lives gets a thumbs up for me. The other one I watched that day was uh, The Color Purple, which did not get nominated for Best uh, Picture. Um, only, I believe, got nominated for Best Supporting Actress, uh, which wow. Danielle Brooks was my favorite part of that movie, so it's a much-deserved nomination. I thought she was absolutely fantastic in that movie. Um, I liked it. it. It's a very heavy subject matter film. If you've seen the movie sure. or read the book, which we talked about, I think you had either read the book or seen the previous version of before. Read the, re, read the movie. <laughs> read, read, I've read the movie. I've read the book. Yeah, you read the book previously. So the fact that it's even a musical in the first place, kind of like, okay, okay. yeah, it's kind of pushing it. it it's got, it's got, it's got, it's got to jump some hurdles for me to even get there. Yep, um, yep. And I don't think it clears a lot of those hurdles. The got music it. to me is not really that outstanding, but for some of the performances. And some of the choreography and the set pieces, it, it's it's a fine watch. Of course, it's got some powerhouse emotional moments. I think it was too long, um, but those performances and some of the the visuals that accompany the movie ultimately got me there. Where I was like, okay, you know, I, I, sure. I again, I, I think what it got recognized for was appropriate and nothing more, nothing less. Um, but I was ultimately happy that, happy that I watched it. So, um, so those two, um, are what I'll talk about this week and I'll talk about the other two next week. Perfect. Um, because we have now waited, uh, almost two weeks to talk about Inside Man, a movie that we watched, uh, from our, uh, Pick'em Off series. When we nominate movies, the movie that doesn't get uh, picked goes into a list, and now that list is too big, so we're trying to uh, truncate that list. And Inside Man was this week's selection for that, so I will read the box now. Inside Man. Perfect picture and purest digital sound available. Oh, good. Now you're getting all of them. Academy Award winner Denzel Washington, Academy Award nominee Clive Owen, and Academy Award winner Jodie Foster star in this intense and explosive crime thriller. The perfect bank robbery quickly spirals into an unstable and deadly game of cat and mouse between a criminal mastermind, Owen, a determined detective, Washington, and a power broker with a hidden agenda, Foster. As the minutes tick by and the situation becomes increasingly tense, one wrong move could mean disaster for any one of them. From acclaimed director Spike Lee comes the edge-of-your-seat, action-packed thriller the Wall Street Journal calls, quote, a heist film that's right on the money. Hmm. You kind of said director a little weird, but... That was just uh, fucking Yeah, I'll, I'll let it slide when, as long as you give me the same courtesy when I read. If I, if I gave you courtesy on how nasally you were every single thing, then you'd be, still be at zero. 
Um, but yes, I will. Uh, Please don't ever touch me. <laughs> don't ever touch you again? I appreciate Just it. Just never touch you again. Never. Wonderful. Great. That's all it took. Um, so so what do you think? Uh, so I saw this movie in theaters opening weekend. I was uh, stoked for this movie for whatever reason because it... I've kind of started to like get into Spike Lee. I, this was our freshman, freshman year, year of college. Mm-hmm. I was in a film class at the time, and I watched Bamboozled, which is on this can't pick list, I believe. Um, or I've, I think I've wanted to nominate for a while. We have that very, game also. It's nothing to do with it, yeah. Oh. Uh, very polarizing movie that I, I absolutely love and adore. Um, and from that, I watched Do the Right Thing. I watched Girl 6. I watched a couple other ones. Um, and I was like, oh, man, like, now he's kind of branching out into, you know. Some other. Like, this more mainstream of filmmaker. Like, Spike Lee's name is very synonymous with certain style and certain point of view uh, films that he makes. And this just didn't feel like it. This felt like he kind of took a gig, but he still got Denzel on board for it. But, like, the reviews for it were fantastic. The cast is fantastic. Spike's behind it. Me and Tony went to go see it, and we're like, yeah, this fucking movie rules. And it be- and it quickly became one of those rewatchable cable movies that if Inside Man's on, I'm just going to leave Inside Man on because it's a lot of fun to fucking watch. So, um, yeah, I fucking I love this movie. I think you're the same. Yeah. I, Did I, you not see it until you were with me? That's correct. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's a great movie. It's got the twist. I think I appreciated it a little differently now than when I first saw it. It was not a <clears throat> former bank employee when I first saw it. So we're going to get into some of that, as you knew we would. Yeah, I know. When this movie started, you kind of hit you, uh, what we were going to we get into. But, yeah, I agree. It's got great acting. It's got a great swerve even though that's not my gimmick anymore this year. It still has Very a great true. one. Yeah. It's got swerves um, on swerves on swerves. It's, it does. It's a multi-layered... Uh, it does. It's a very much a product of its time. I felt like there was a lot of these movies in the late 90s, early 2000s that were crime, thriller, heist, inspired by usual suspects, inspired by, you know, any kind of elevated, like, you know mystery in a place yes we're like you know all right we're gonna just try to swerve the audience a bunch of times this one but really but this one really this one works did it really well mm-hmm. yeah and also it doesn't help that you have basically our at, at that time in 2006 i mean denzel is probably the greatest living one a in terms of like who's yeah. the best actor in the world Absolutely. clive owen was still in that upper echelon of who's going to be like the next guy. You figure this is right around the time of Closer, Children of Men. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot he of stuff a, coming out. Yeah, he had Juice, Sin City. Jodie Foster is probably like Denzel's contemporary. Not for, for, for a female. I would say so. For a female, yeah. I think at that um, time. And then I, like I the cast so. of this movie is fucking nuts. Like I haven't even mentioned. I always forget. I always fucking forget Willem Dafoe is in this. And he's and like chewy. wildly underutilized while still just eating everything around him scenery-wise. Absolutely, absolutely. Fucking Christopher Plummer, you know. Christopher Plummer. Is, is awesome. Chewy's uh, in it. Chewy Telegia 4, yep. It, uh, amazing. And then even, like, all of the, like, smaller 
uh, character actors and bit players around it, they all kind of come together and just form this, like, perfect little fucking cast um, that makes it awesome. And I really do think that Spike, his directing in this and his vision puts it over a certain level because with the stuff that he writes himself or the stuff that he's like really emotionally attached to, mm-hmm. I think he gets in his own way sometimes. I think it's his biggest I think flaw that... is he becomes too passionate. He's too human. About, I wouldn't say too human. He's too passionate about the cause and he allows a, a, a worser side of himself to come through sometimes in making some of his points or being so blunt with things. When he's just kind of a hired gun and can just be like, all right, we got this script, we got this, and he's like, I got this. When he's able to just chill and do that, when he's able to kind of put his Spielberg on a little bit, I'd say, like, that, that's fucking great. Um, I, I think he's I, he gives us a, a really cool vibe and cool style. The movie, you know, it's a crime thriller, but it's also very funny. Oh, absolutely. Very, like, twisty and turny in a, you know, a kind of caper style. And I think that's what partially makes it so rewatchable, is every time you see it, you're hearing something a different way, you're kind of figuring out, oh, that's what that meant in that line. You know, so you're always able to kind of, you know, turn your brain on and off with it and either use it as just kind of background fodder for whatever you got going on, or really be engaged in it and, you know, keep unpeeling layers behind it. Um, but yeah, it just fucking, it, it just fucking works. Like, the movie just fucking works. It just works. does. It just does. Um, it just all comes together and works, and, you know, it just does. What, um, what are some of, I know we're talking a lot about the acting and we like are doing a lot of that up front. Mm-hmm. It's not normally what we do. We normally go through the movie and the scenes. Um, I mean, we're just highlighting the people that are in the movie. I think most of the primary, I mean, spoiler alert, all of my LVPs are not any of the main actors mm-hmm, in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, all my MVPs are the main actors in the movie. Uh, yeah. But the... Everything, like, with the setup of the robbery, like, the, the, the beginning of the movie, and then how it kind of, like, non-linearly, like, plays out from there when you, yeah, have, when you have all the his... people inside, uh-huh. like, after the fact, having the interviews with Chewie and, and Denzel, um, I, I love the structure of the movie. I, yeah, how you get, like, the the setup is great, like, it's... Straight to the point, so you think it's straight to the point with the who, the what, the where, the how, it's all spelled out, and then you get to the everyday, and then you kind of cut back to where that actually was, like, yeah, yeah. I think the structure of it is is great, um, and it gets progressively more frantic, which I think is awesome, because it, it it's paced very well to match kind of with the um, franticness that starts happening, like, the longer this hostage situation has been ongoing. Um, so, yeah, I think it's... So, t- time in this that... movie is interesting, and one of my bigger complaints. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, 
how long, like, this is an overnight thing. Like, this goes on for, what, like, 24 hours, basically, yeah, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Could they really have built that, like, dug out that area and gotten that ready in that quick amount of time? I'm not a construction worker. <laughs> Duh, fuck, I forgot. So, I'm so I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know, but speaking of, like, time and how long it takes and stuff, how long do you think it takes to clear that building every fucking morning? We already get, we're going to, yeah, let's get into it, all right? I'm just, I'm just asking, I mean, yours was a valid question. I don't know the answer to, because I don't have a background in construction or how long it takes to do all that, but something that we both have in common is the background we have of, you know, being managers of banks, and so a large part of that is, you know, the safety and Robbery prevention, well, right? So, the size how of this long fucking do you bank. So, we are, we are in. It would take to clear that building every morning. New York City. Yeah. Like, I'm Absolutely. sure they have no visibility protocols. to. Sure. No visibility to the outside. Which is why they have a security guard there on station. Several security guards, yes. sure. But they also have two floors. They have an upstairs and a downstairs, mm-hmm. right? Those people didn't fucking clear that building real well. Otherwise, you know, none of that shit would have happened. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, but but that wasn't my question. My question was, how long do you think it would take to clear the building? You I'm still sure, have to clear the building I'm regardless sure of the protocol. I'm sure they do it a different way. Uh, I literally put in my notes, Sam, time to talk about bank logistics. But also look at the layout and size of this fucking bank. So everything's off the fucking table, like where, where he comes from. So, like, where this stock room is. By the way, I've never been in a bank that has a stock room that you could put four cubicles in, basically. Um, yeah, absolutely. Where he comes from, like, like, there's so much room. Like, if I were to exit any place where supplies are in a branch I've ever worked in, within four steps, I will be to another door or an area where somebody knows where I am. It's just not where it is. He leaves, and he's got a whole fucking hallway to himself. Yeah. He has to come all the way down. Like, nobody, like, it is so large that it is totally plausible that him just walking down that hallway from where he's coming from is like, oh, yeah, I don't know, who's that guy? I don't know. There's there's so many offices down there. Yeah. I think there were steps right there, too. Sure. Like, Totally plausible. I love uh, there's when uh, when Denzel's character goes in to like talk to the negotiator and like check everything out, and he's brought through like the whole bank, so he gets a, a semblance of what's going on, right? Like yeah, all the hostages, the situation, etc. Like I love that uh, that reveal, like how all the hostages are there. It's like really good mystery shit. It um, is, but like it gives you a sense of like the size and the scope of the bank too. And I'm just like, good fucking lord. Like, not that yeah. you don't already get it because of, like, the ridiculous size of the vault. Like, that's not how banks have vaults anymore. Even if that mm-hmm. bank's been around for, what, a hundred years or whatever. Ain't yeah. no fucking way they have not updated that with the times. Even in 2005, 2006. Um, there's, I'm doing this more than you are. Uh, I just let you go. I think they're just given one key as well <laughs> for that vault. Like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, they left it open. It was just open. It's true. It was just open but they business. didn't even have to go business. in. It was yeah. just open. Yeah. If you went downstairs and you were there, you could walk into it. It was just open. They did have two keys for the safe deposit box because the girl picked the... Well, that, that's just that's just yeah. how safe deposit but, boxes work. But, yeah, no, like that's that was fine. Like I was okay with it. 
That's legit. I've had to do a sheet of safe deposit boxes before, too, so I know. Yeah. They pick it or they smash it open or yeah. something like that. Um, here's, here's my biggest time complaint about the movie as well. So when the movie starts, you know, the morning of the robbery, and Denzel's character is talking to his uh, girlfriend, who also works as for, a cop, as, as a mm-hmm. cop over mm-hmm. the phone, like, before they get put on the case. And, you know, they're all, like, brimming with, like, sexual innuendo between one another in their conversation and you know he you know, saved the, the twins are coming home tonight yada 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 so then obviously people got some weird ass don't even get me started it's fucking ridiculous <laughs> uh, I would never call anything of mine Big Willie and the twins um <laughs> so like of course that happens that takes 24 hours you know we've pretty much assumed right It's it takes that long yeah 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 to, to firm the case for when they storm it, because they when they storm it, it's like daytime, again, right? Because you see Denzel talk to Jodie Foster outside of that restaurant, or whatever, overnight. Denzel goes in at nighttime, and obviously in, they're they're storming. Yeah, yeah, they're going yeah. inside. It's in the morning. Oh yeah. So you figure twenty four hours have passed. I think he calls her at one point, and she's like, "Oh, come home, yada yada yada," and then we don't see anything literally there because they are holding all their interviews, but. Right. Denzel and Shuey are having to conduct their their investigation, they're interviewing. There's no way these things didn't take place over the, probably the course of a couple weeks, I'd assume. It's not like this case is open and shut, dry, you know. No. So, no, no, no. So, I think it was the the robbery happens. Yes. 24 hours later. So, let's just say that's they Monday. Get let's just say it's Monday. Right. So Tuesday, Tuesday, they have everybody. Right. Okay. Dude was in the storage room cell. For like a week. For a week. Right. And that's when all the other interviews Okay, so happened. so it's a week investigation. It closes up week. in a week. It's about, yeah, it's, it's the, about a no week. No money lost. Fucking bury it. Yada, yada, yada. Whatever. Okay, it's a week. So then he comes out a week later. Because oh, that's right. Because they say, like, he's been in there a week. He's going to smell like shit or whatever. Right, right, you know, right. Kind of yeah. So then, uh, then finally, Denzel's character... Comes home. Has <laughs> he up at home for a week? Because <laughs> they, because well, she's she's acting like, oh man, I waited up for you or whatever. Well, I think I don't I don't know. Was it established that they lived together? I think so. And that the brother was just hanging out. I think so. By the way, he's out of jail. Amazing Spike Lee Easter egg with the brother holding a bottle of uh, the bomb. Uh, liquor, which is from the movie Bamboozled. I never noticed it until this time I watched the movie. Awesome. So that's a great, uh, uh, great uh, Easter egg. But I was like, man, she's been sitting waiting to fuck for like a week or two? That's miserable. That's going to be terrible. She had to work. I mean, I mean she's, I mean, she's going to make out good in the deal because he has this like precious Jewish uh, diamond now <laughs> that he's obviously going to take advantage of. But um, I, I just found that funny. Uh other little nitpicks I do have, um, you know, it just being like diamonds. I don't know. Like, ew, I was, every time I, it, it ends up being like gold or diamonds, it just it rings a little lame to me. It's just. Yeah, I get it. But that's just how things are. People like gold and diamonds, man. I, I know. It probably is. Like, it's legit. It's not. People go nuts for it. Yeah, legit is probably a fair point. It's still just. Doesn't make it to me sometimes well, a little, yeah, like, Chris, underwhelming. I'd rather just be the fucking money, you know? Sure, but can I ask you a question? What? How many gold, gold in general? None. 
and slash or diamonds None. have you ever had in your possession? None, really. Okay, so then that's why. Yeah. You just can't relate to it. It's not the movie's fault that, yeah. you know, we were the millennials that, you know, <laughs> our wealth isn't, isn't uh, defined by materials like gold and diamond. Fair. Uh, there's no way any of the times that any of these robbers are, like, leaving the bank and, like, bringing a person out or demands or anything. There's not all fucking hell and chaos. Like, it's, it's a very movie, like, like dramatized version of what actually happened. Or maybe I'm just skewed in that I'm thinking now 18 years after the fact and just how shitty everything is. That would just immediately become this, like, calamitous fucking situation. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's more so... Uh... Even though you figure this is in New York City five years after 9-11, technically, which is ever evident with everything having to do with Vikram in this movie. Oh, man, Vikram. I mean, it had aged poorly then, but it was a very 2006 train of thinking and conversation for this character. Absolutely. To have to go through what he has to go through, but now, 18 years after the fact, I'm like, you know what? That could have just been some guy named Dan. It sure could have. You know. But then Denzel's... Um, improv about, but you could get a cab though would not have have hit me as hard, and uh, that's that. There are there is a lot of like little lines or improv in this movie. I'm like, God, Dan, you couldn't say that anymore. <laughs> no, but you know what? It it just makes this movie. It honestly just builds this movie because you get it in that yeah. mindset in that time. I mean, but... It very much puts you in the specific time and mindset of New York City in 2006. Absolutely. (laughs) It does. And it works, though. It absolutely works. And I mean, and there are some things that are transferable and like, you know, some lines that kind of, that doesn't matter what year it is, like they hold and will always get a, a kick out of me. My most favorite line in this movie, you're a magnificent cunt. That's my favorite line. And I don't know why. I think it's just the delivery of it when when it's the mayor, the mayor that says, says that, right? It. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like the first. It's, just, it's like the second conversation that yeah. Jodie Foster's character has in the movie. And, but but it does such a great job of just summing up. Oh, you know exactly who she is. What's gonna happen? She's just. She's and it's definitely it's, it's definitely needed. Perfect. It's another like minor critique for me is that there are things in this movie that I feel like are vital and they're just not fully flushed out on the like the Nazi stuff for the most part gets figured out, you know, in the final conversation yeah. she has with with um Christopher Plummer's character about, you know, his past and what he technically did to, you know, to do that, but how they find out like they're all all these complaints are addressed but they're all addressed in a way where I'm like, I'm not satisfied with that. <laughs> like, you know, Fuck like, that. like she goes in and like talks and she's like, well, how, you know, how are you coming, uh, you know, uh, to this, this knowledge or how do you know it was in there? And he's just like, people know people or something. And I'm like, I'm not going to pass it. Nope. You got something else. Like people know people. I'm assuming, um, what my assumption is, is that, uh, the kind of the last, surprise at the end of the movie because once you kind of figure out that Clive Owen's character is behind you know the stock room and Uh that's what they did the last little thing is you pretty much know who each person which Stevie is which it's 
James Ranson, um, who you you know you can just fucking tell. Uh, yeah. There's the other guy, and then there's the one of two. I don't know. You just fu- put both ladies with big breasts in prison. Like it's one of the two of you. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, like, absolutely. What if he? And what if he's obnoxious enough where you know we can just not have you on the streets to begin with? Um, but the That'd reveal that it's um, that it's Kaim, the 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 rabbi. The rabbi. I believe he says in his interview, or he says even when he's at the bank to somebody that he's like a professor of like Jewish studies or something, right? Mm-hmm. So my assumption is that that's kind of his crucial role in it. Is of course he being the literal inside man in this case yeah of like he was in the bank before they even showed up um to make sure things were going how they were going but he probably was under some kind of study or some kind of oh yeah no where he kind of pieced together and figured out and brought them that information they started working out from there absolutely that one's not that much that one's not bad for me yeah that makes Um, sense the missing money uh that denzel's character is like kind of on probation or the hook for Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically just used as a way to like show you there's enough shades of gray with every character in this movie to like yeah. you're unsure where everyone's kind of standing and I and it's it works out perfectly at the end of the movie where kind of each character is left because obviously the bank robbers are not great people but they also you know brought brought They're forward this, this information right, right, right. that you know is going to put hopefully to justice this awful human being that's been, uh, you know, unchecked for the past 50, 60 years. Um, and even Denzel's exactly. character kind of using this situation to potentially make come, detective first grade, like, like, first grade, Keith Frazier, you know, like, like come ahead at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he's a good cop. He's a good person. He knows, he follows through when he doesn't have to follow through and, and gets the information. Uh, he definitely just kept that fucking diamond, though. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and has turned that into a bomb-ass engagement ring. But what I'm saying is, like, for that situation, um, it's used to kind of drag along in the movie, like, how are we supposed to feel about this guy when obviously it's Denzel Washington and he's number one on the call sheet? Like, he's the yeah. lead star and lead of the movie. And then it just kind of gets wrapped up, like, oh, yeah, we found it. And he's like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh okay again I, I could appreciate it to a certain extent but on another extent you know it, it, it's, uh, it was just something different might have been a bit better and the same thing is just the just Jodie Foster's character in general like so she's just a big she's just a, a fixer that everyone knows she's just a a red herring a person really. a person in the know I wouldn't say she's a red herring but uh, don't call her MacGuffin either oh I was <laughs> I know um, you were if you say red herring, the next thing out of your mouth is MacGuffin. But I honestly, I get it. Like, I get I get why she was in it, but I don't get why she was in it. Does that make sense? Like, 100%. That's, that's like, the best way to summarize it, I'd Like, say. I know why she was in it. I think she did a great job. I I, I enjoyed watching her. She's really, she's she's, she's good really in the movie. She's good in the movie. Just every, every but, scene that she's in, to me, I could have walked and done something else, though. Like, but, it's, it's unnecessary to the movie. That's exactly right. Like, I think she's, she was great in it, but I don't know why we had to have her be in it in the first place. Because I don't think you needed a third person to... Technically a fourth. A, technically a fourth yeah. with with Owen and Washington. Like, I, I don't think you needed the caliber that they both put forth, I think, was sufficient in... 
you know, creating that antagonism and well, I just I just don't know where, like, but I don't know what she was supposed to. It's never be clear where she stands or what she's doing. Like, right, she's I don't just, know what she was. She's in the middle of like finishing. Like when we first see her, she's in the middle of like finishing like a like a real estate deal, right? Like, I'm not sure. What when the guy is there, doing. like she's setting up like, or it's like she's setting up something unscrupulous with like, I think he's like Saudi Arabian or something Middle Eastern, and getting him set up to like be in America for a period of time. Yeah, and then she just gets a call. And then she just drops from, everything. She gets a call from the president of the bank to like get in there and get some information. And then she and goes she to just, the mayor. And I think she basically is just she's basically like a female Winston Wolf, but not necessarily that she's she's a problem solver, but she also just knows everybody and has shit on everybody. So she's basically just like a blackmail artist that can just sure. get in a situation and say, "Do this," or you know, okay. "This is what's going to happen." And it, it makes for some interesting. Like every scene she has with Denzel is like. Obviously, like we said, these two heavyweights just like kind oh, of yeah. battling back and forth for you know scene supremacy, uh, and those are fine. But 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 I some some yeah. something to tie it together would have made me happier. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the final complaint I have before I talk about some of the things I really love about this movie is uh, uh the music in this movie is bad. <laughs> I what really music? dislike. Uh, I the, the opening time I hey my hey my hey yeah my name and name like I thought we were watching like Survivor. I've never understood why the opening song is that, and also like we get like the whole song over like New York City and credits, um, and I think we get it at the end too. In yeah, my we favorite do. style of end credits, when we match the person's name up to their picture and we kind of see them kind of with the curtain peeled back, but maybe in the middle of their character. I don't know why every movie just doesn't. Can we just get roll call credits yeah, in every I love movie? Roll call I love credits. roll call credits. Love roll uh, call so credits. So I don't like that. And then also, um, there's dramatic music when uh, that walkthrough that I talked about, when Denzel is being like walked through the bank to show like everything's okay. Like every new room or every new corner goes in, it's like another like reveal. It's like no, just people sitting there. Nope, there's just the, the there's the vault. Nope, people still sitting there. The, the music's just not very good in this movie, um, and that's a shame. Because uh, Spike Norman has really good music in these movies. So, uh, but those are all my complaints. Uh, stuff I really enjoyed. Like I said, the, the the twist and turns of you know who's got who on the ropes, and it's always Clive Owen getting them on the ropes. Whether it be the Albanian stuff, I love. Everything about Albania makes me fucking laugh. That Albanian stuff was hilarious. With the guy, he's the like, I don't want, I'm not calling I'm that not bitch. I'm not calling that bitch. And yeah, she that, shows up with all the parking tickets. Yeah, uh, that that was great. Like you said, that that brought a lot of humor. Yeah. One well, same thing with the grounded in realism. Like you know, you know, oh, absolutely, that shit happens on the regular. Same thing with um. Uh, when Clive Owen kind of proposes the the riddle to them and like they're all debating like what the answer is and they're mm-hmm. still arguing over the trains after the fact. And all the interrogations are very, yeah. very funny. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. like that it works. And I like the way the movie escalates. Like once Denzel and Clive Owen have their scene together and Denzel's provoking him to do something because that's what should happen in the situation and he's got it fucking nailed. Like this isn't what they're trying to do. Yep. Exactly. Uh, but then, of course, it ends with the the fake execution, and that's when the only real time you really get to see Spike's style. Spike's style is you have the classic uh, roll cart scene where you have the character fastly moving to something, and everything around him is kind of blurred, and Denzel's just like 
you know, on that path to feel like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, into the tactical plan and the, you know, the best and worst case scenarios kind of being shown out into the actual storming of the bank and, you know, them mm-hmm. realizing that nothing's going to happen. That whole little stretch is just a, a, a great payoff to, yes. you're waiting for that whole part of the movie and then the, those 15, 20 minutes are awesome. And then I think the movie does peter out a little bit, you know, as we're now just chasing some diamonds and some safe deposit boxes. But um, that's just my my two cents. Uh, let's get into some performances, give out some MVPs and some LVPs. Where do you want to start? We can probably start with LVP. I got a little list. Um, who do you got? I don't think it's any of the main... The main people, like you said before. It's not. It's definitely not. I have, th- I have three. But I'm curious if you have anybody written down before I just kind of go. Oh, excuse me. Um, I wasn't a fan of the captain. He, I, he's not one of mine I have. He's fine, and here's why he's fine. Because the way that guy looks, the way that guy talks, he's super believable. That's exactly <laughs> what one of those fucking police captains okay. would be like. Okay. Yeah. Right, that, that's, just, that's just how that fucking guy is. Same thing with, I like the, the, the sergeant or whoever who, like, kind of uncovers the bank robbery and he's like oh, I kind of want to stay around and you know he's yeah, worried yeah, about it okay. and of course later he's just a racist piece of shit <laughs> yeah you know like like that, that that checks out that seems about right to me yeah. so no I, I don't think it's the captain um and then uh douchebag who who said he left his phone at home but had his phone the whole time oh peter hammond could have killed the everybody. bank manager fucking I bank did. manager i like him because but also believable as a bank manager very believable in that that fucking guy would think that he's a fucking hero and be immediately figured out within five seconds. And the ringtone being gold digger. And then have digger. a gold digger ringtone. Yep, exactly. All right, so the, you've crossed all mine off. All right, so here are my three. Uh, from least likely, I, this is my number three. I already kind of put her on blast. The loud chick in the line um, with the, the non-large-breasted bank robber. Uh, I'm sorry, the non-bank robber large-breasted woman. Okay. Um, she, you know, just stereotyping it up in terms of like mid thirties, loud New Yorker lady. Um, I thought she was overbearing in every moment. She, but yeah, probably that probably checked out. So my actual two would be uh, Denzel's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She has three scenes and she's unbelievably bad in each one. <laughs> I hate the way this movie ends with her twirling a hat on her foot, going, uh, "What does she say? Milk's getting cold." Or <laughs> or no, that's not that's not right. No, she said uh, these cuffs are getting milk. Oh, I was watching Chappelle earlier, and the milk's gone bad. Charlie Murphy is what I was thinking of. No, she she has like every time she has to be like sexy, she'd be like, "Ooh, I want Big Daddy and the Twins." Whatever. I'm like, "You're not cut out for this role. This this is you're not cut out for Big Daddy." Role. My other one, and another, it's a weird cross section of Chappelle's show. Because he played uh, Chappelle's kid in like more than mo- one sketch uh, on Chappelle's show. Is the little fucking kid? The little kid is fucking terrible. That's the video game scene. Is, the video game scene is hard. Is to... cringy as hell, and I hate that they spent so much He's time so and money making yeah. this fucking video game for what's a thirty-minute gag that ultimately means nothing. Of you know, Clive Owen. Just watching the game and being like, I'm going to talk to your dad about this stupid game. And the kid being like, you know, you get to jock get to, fools and yeah. fuck bitches or whatever. Like, 
too hard. And he's like, hey, man, you want my video game? He does the same exact thing in the... He's in two Chappelle show sketches. He's... And he's, he's the Nick... He's the daddy Nick Cannon is hilarious kid. Mm-hmm. That's that fucking kid. Yeah. Uh, so he's in the Dave at 20, 30, and 40 sketch. When, you know, he said daddy Nick Cannon is hilarious. He goes, you gonna tell my mother I'm fucking cousin in the house? Shit! And then he's in the Wayne Brady sketch when Nick Cannon like, actually has him as his dad. And he's like, leave me and my new daddy alone. He's just a bad kid actor. Um, he is. Uh, so I'm fine with either him or Denzel's girlfriend. They both have always, oh, for 18 years, driven me absolutely nuts oh, man, in this I movie. Don't know what to, I don't know what the right answer is. They, they both are in it a basically the same amount of time. And mean about just as much. So whichever one bothers you more, I'm totally on board with. Oh, wow. Um, um, I'm going to say let's go with, let's go with, uh, let's go with this little shitty kid. I, I think it is the kid. Um, let me find, he's got a weird ass name too. Hold on, there it is. Uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, okay. In my defense, I'm going to say his real name right now. It's going to make what I just said not great. You're basically, so basically from Vikram. I thought he had like a name that was like the same name twice. Like Richard Richard or something. Nope. Instead, his name is Amir Ali Syed. <laughs> so, I, I'd like to apologize uh, for my confusion. Um, that is who uh, who our LVP of the movie is, is Amir Ali Syed. MVP. I it, think it, it. I think it's easy, but it's it's Denzel. It's Denzel. It is Denzel. It's Denzel, but but Owen does a great job. Clive Owen is so fucking good so in this good movie. Jodie Foster does a great job in this. Christopher Plummer does a great job too. He plays Plummer does a great he plays job. the old worried evil man so damn well. So well. Uh, William Defoe does a great job in this. Chuito Ejiofor is a Chewie great has a second. Great job in this. He's a great Watson. He's but I mean, great. this movie would be the biggest five and a half, Ken six middle of the road movie ever if yeah. Denzel Washington wasn't it. Oh, absolutely. Denzel is just so it. naturally charismatic and cool. Absolutely. Like post robbery, he locks it up because then he's just like post robbery. I'm like, man, we could just get like a Keith Frazier, like like that could be his like Benoit Blanc. Like just get Clive, just get fucking Denzel Washington solving fucking crimes in New York absolutely. City with his dope ass little hat. Like saying you can't touch shit. He's <laughs> just cool. I love it. He this movie is elevated because of his effort and his presence in it. Clive Owen is great in this movie. And he goes toe to toe with Denzel and anybody in this movie mm-hmm. so effortlessly. Yeah. Clive Owen is also though, I think the problem with watching it now is like you watch it and you're like, man, Clive Owen. Why isn't he the biggest star in the world? <laughs> like Yeah. He, I mean, he's still like he's still on things, but I think he. I know he did like Cinemax shows and like Showtime shows, and like we never had any of those, and never cared to watch anything he was on, so he just kind of like disappeared. Yeah, uh, I think it was Bill Clinton on the uh, the most recent American Crime Story season when they did Bill and Monica. I'm fascinated to see what fucking Clive Owen looks and sounds like as Bill Clinton. That's um, crazy. But he he made it closer than I thought he was going to. But it's 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 dead cell. It's it's. Absolutely, Denzel. He is—he's probably at the end of the day the actual goat. Oh, absolutely. Um, that is his only his second MVP. We haven't—we really? haven't done a lot of Denzel movies. 
Um, I don't even know what that other movie would be. Can you think about what movie we would have watched that Denzel got an MVP for? Mm. I mean, I can quickly go through the list and try to find it, but I don't even know off the top of my head what it could be. That's so weird. We didn't do Remember the Titans yet. That's only... That's, I feel like that's a movie we see with him in the most because it's just if yeah, it's on TV, uh, you're gonna this put it on. Yeah, like my favorite movie. Is there a way I can search this document? Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Why are you so fucking nasally now? I don't know. It just kind of hit me. Oh great, I got it. Fine, I'm gonna beat you to it. Oh no. Because you're so bad. I Denzel mean... Washington was MVP. Oh, Flight. This was our first Denzel Washington for- movie in eight years. I forgot that. No, we watched- in almost ten. I forgot we watched Flight. It took us ten years to watch a second Denzel Washington movie. I forgot we watched that. Uh, it was over Christmas, basically in twenty fourteen. We were still at our other apartment. We watched that with my parents. We sat in between them on the couch. No, right? we didn't. <laughs> we had the other couches. We could fit across two couches. Um, yeah, and I, I've already kind of talked about it, but I'm sure it doesn't make him sad because since this movie. He was able to finally win an Academy Award for Black Klansman and do other great work, including Defy Bloods, which I really enjoyed. But uh, what has Spike done after this movie, filmography-wise? So before this, he was coming off of um, She Hate Me, which was not one of his best. And he did 25th Hour, which is another mm-hmm. one of those Spike movies where like he just kind of got signed on to do. Um, after this, he did Miracle at St. Anna. Oh, man. Oh, man. This is an awful run for him. So he does Miracle at St. Anna, which was like his response to the Clint Eastwood World War II movies. And it was not well regarded. Then he did Red Hook Summer, which was uh, part of his like Chronicles of Brooklyn series and kind of like a spiritual successor to Do the Right Thing. And again, didn't do much. Then he did the the Old Boy remake. So that just flies in the face of everything I was just talking about with like this. It was like... He got signed to do that movie, and, like, it just doesn't work. At all. It just doesn't work at all, and his presence, like, doesn't help. Um, And then he does The Sweet Blood of Jesus, which I don't even know what this is. Is this a documentary? No, it's a horror movie. Oh, okay. That could be interesting. Rami Malek's in it. Interesting. And then he does She-Rock, and then he finally does uh, Black's Klansman. Uh, But he hasn't done anything since Defy Bloods, I just realized. So... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so maybe my point about him <laughs> doing, I mean, his, his highs are his high, but his lows, you know, his lows, his lows get down there. So, uh, anything else on Inside Man? Let me look at my notes. I don't, I don't think so. A I lot mean, of, we, so obviously we always talk heavily about, yeah. you know, our time uh, Ken, in a bank. Ken, Ken, uh, Ken Luong, Ken, Ken Luong, uh, June, uh, not June Tao. Sang, Sang. Sang, yeah, June Tao's... Juntao's uh, guy guys in the movie. was in here. Yeah. He wasn't bleeding or anything. He no, he's he's he fine. woefully underused in this movie. He's got like woefully three lines. Woefully underused, but... Um, um, no, and I, I just like... Can I have your hat? Please, no, get your own. Like, yeah, I love how... <laughs> and like, he's so respectful at the beginning. I just love the character arc that he does. He's like, get your own. Like, when there's blood on the street, someone's got to go to jail. Like, Throwing the quotes back in their face. I just think the ending of this movie is just solid. Um, yeah, I. I think. Uh, I think it was great. Wonderful. Um, all the talk we've had about our time working in banks mm-hmm. and you know whatnot. Have you ever thought about what you would be like in a bank robbery? 
what you would do, both as an employee, not that we, not that you are a bank employee anymore, oh, and yeah. what you would do just so, as a human being. So if if I had gotten robbed when I was working at the bank, uh, yeah, I would have been the one uh, that the robber would have taken because I was the manager and I knew how to do everything. So they would have taken me. I would have been there. I would have been crying. They would have been yelling at me. Probably would have gotten like hit over the head with a gun. Uh, you know. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I know me. And I would have yeah, also had too. to like have been there to like, you know, we're going to make like bippin' fucking go with the fucking guy. I would have had to be the one to oh, do it. Rest in peace, probably, bippin'. No, God forbid. No, don't say that. <laughs> bippin' is old. I know. He was old. Bippin' was old, man. But, but you know, like I, I probably would have been the one because I was there. You know? Well, yeah, Bippin just wouldn't have moved. Bippin would have been like, ah, come on back. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he would have been like, okay, come on. Yeah, yeah, come on. Um, yeah, and then as a patron, I would have been like, yo, dude, you, yo, that's dual control, bud. Oh, shut up. No, you wouldn't. You're not going to help them. You got to get it. No, I just, I would have done whatever they said. What do you mean? What would I have been like? I'm not going to fucking be the hero. I just want to get the fuck out. Yeah. Okay? Get the fuck out of here. Honestly, because I would have been cursing myself. It's like the one time I go to the fucking bank. I haven't stepped inside a bank since I stopped working there. Okay? Like, you know, I would have been like cursing myself. Mm-hmm. What about you? Why don't you tell us well, so I the role I'm... you would have played in a hypothetical bank robbery? Oh, wait. Why don't you tell us about your bank robbery Mine's experience? the lamest ever. Uh, three <laughs> weeks into working at a bank in 2010, three weeks to the day I started in the actual bank. I'm at the first teller line right across from the door and this like old lady walks in, not old, old, but she was like in her fifties probably with like a big ass bag and she plops it down on the counter and she announces this is a robbery. And I'm like, Oh fuck. You gotta be fucking kidding me in my head. I have a gun, and I'm like, oh, no, go call the police, and I'm like, huh? I'll wait, and I went, okay, so I hit my buttons, no, and, so, and then did, didn't she go sit and down? She, she picked in her the... bag up, and she sat in the middle of the fucking lobby. Yeah. So I went, oh, okay, so the first thing, they, they tell you in training, very explicitly, you do everything they say. Right. So I'm like, all right, she told me to go call the police, I'm like, okay, she said, I'm going to go call the police. So I hit my buttons. Everybody that heard her, there was two other tellers next to me, heard her. They hit their buttons. I go back to find my manager. She's already got a robbery book open. It's on the phone with the police. They're in there within two or three minutes. Finally, she had like a fucking nail file in her bag. She was just some crazy lady that wanted to go to jail, try to get fucking some health care, and her son was, you know, in trouble. Uh, yeah, so we were closed for a few hours, and it was really weird. And I would, I would get calls and pamphlets from like, Employee assistance groups. Yeah, that's like, traumatizing. For how long? Like, I feel like so a long. year or so yeah, after. But then we also know some people who were in bank robberies. Like, a very pregnant woman was forced to get on the floor, had a oh, gun yeah. to her head. Mm-hmm. Like, we had you know, a, a, a traumatic. When event. I was still with SunTrust. Thank God. I, I can't imagine. Yeah, I worked our, in banking for 10 years and I. Thank goodness was never involved. At, at, when I was at SunTrust, uh, right after we moved here, the, the, the branch that was closest to our branch, uh, they were like zip-tied and yeah. like like held hostage essentially while 
they were robbed like first thing in the morning, you know. Yeah. And they, you know, I was like, absolutely no. terrified. So it, I'd be terrified. I would do whatever they say. I probably would piss myself, to be quite honest with mm-hmm. you. Um, well, I just didn't. Fuck you, man. <laughs> um, but honestly, like, it's not exclusive to banks. And I know, like, we talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. But, like, we were once at a gas station. Someone came and robbed, uh, took a, like, a 12 Ran pack, right by ran my right ass with a big ass case of beer. And the guy was like, What'd you do? And I'm like, I didn't buy it. We just want to buy some. We want to pay you for the I'll, beer. I'll pay for that, I guess. I don't know. No. So, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's unfortunate yeah. that it's a, it, you know, hazard of working there, but. Yeah. Ain't gonna worry about it anymore. Exactly. Score time for Inside Man. What you got? Um, I think I mean, like we said, great, great cast, great ensemble overall, great story, super rewatchable. Um, you pointed out a lot of flaws, even more so than what I what I would have um pointed out. But I, I do agree. Like the whole Madeline White uh, storyline. Great, unnecessary. Um, I'm going to give this movie, I think I'm going to go with an eight. I'm giving it an eight and a half. Yeah, okay. It, it, even with everything I said, there, there's something that when a movie becomes as rewatchable as this movie has been for me, like, I, I haven't thought about those things until... I knew we were going to have a comprehensive hour long conversation about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't deter my normal viewing of this movie when it's on. Mm-hmm. I still enjoy it so much because you have six of six of the best actors of the past, you know, I mean, between Defoe, Denzel, Jodie Foster, don't sleep on Chewy, a former oh, Academy absolutely. Award nominee, uh, fucking Christopher Plummer, and who else am I missing? And fucking Clive Owen. Like, and Spike Lee directing, and it's funny, and it's action-packed, and it's tense, and it's, like, it, all those things on top of it just make this a movie that I, I don't know who could not enjoy this movie. Exactly. So, so it's an 8.25, tied with Fruitball Station as our lowest of the year. Uh, at least for one, or at least up until next week's episode. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, speaking of which, you have to nominate two movies in about an hour. Uh, <laughs> just so you know. I thought you meant right now. I was like, no, oh, no, no, no. Uh, what I do need to do is pull up the random number generator and give me a number between 1 and 108 so we can find out our next Can't Pick em Off movie that we'll be doing, oh, God, sometime in April. Or even further from that, I don't know. You said 1 to 108? Yes. Okay. Let me know when you need it. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. Number 29. 29. Oh, I think that's actually easy. Uh, 3, 4, 5. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, I did, okay. 29. It was, I thought it was the one up top here. We'll be watching, ooh, a comedy classic, so much so that it was the number one ranked movie on the AFI 100 Years 100 Laughs uh, some 15, 20 years ago. Some Like It Hot. Well. Have you ever seen Some Like It Hot? I have not seen Some Like It Hot. Got Jack Lemmon, Tony Curtis, Marilyn Monroe. Great. Cannot wait. Okay. Some Like It Hot. That's going to be a good one. 
uh, can't pick uh, when we get to it sometime in April. Uh, because, of course, next week we got Mac and me. Then uh, the winners of the Mullet Awards. You only have a couple weeks left. Actually, you have a one week left. Arcadeaudio.net slash the mullets. As of my last checked, we had gone from six ties to, I believe, two. Oh, One wow. of those ties is a currently a four-way tie. So just go vote. <laughs> just so hopefully Holy that one gets crap. broken. And that one is, that one is, I, I knew it was going to happen based on the category it was, because there's a lot of good choices. Um, so go Holy vote. Crap. Hopefully it don't create you more ties, but thank you for the reaction we've gotten so far. And then we're going to have uh, Jackass 1 through 3. Then we'll do uh, Jackass 4 and 5. Then we'll do the Can't Pick uh, winner from the Mullet Awards. Then we are going to add uh, technically a, a, a special episode, also a, a pick em off episode. Uh, I found at a flea market several months ago uh, with Rich a copy of Roger Corman's The Fast and the Furious from like the 1950s. And it's not tied to the movie at all. But I was like, you know what? We're just going to watch it just in case. <laughs> so we're going to watch that movie. Just in case... Vin Diesel pops in offering a beer, you know. You gotta watch it. And then we'll it. watch some Like It Hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll do it for this week's episode, and we gotta get the next week's episode. So make sure you're going to arcadeaudio.net, like I just mentioned, uh, not just slash the mullets to vote, but also for the other uh, podcasts on our network of shows. Also rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Arca- uh, Facebook.com slash marriedmovies. Marriedmovies at gmail.com. Those who stay for the show. At Mary W. Movies on Twitter. And for me, at your host, Mother 30 on Instagram. For you. At Jam with your Sam. And uh, I'll make sure you're following us on Twitter, at Mary W. Movies, because every year I remember uh, we have a Twitter, uh, or an X, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, uh, during the Oscars when I make uh, random jokes during the Oscar ceremony. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Perfect. Anything else? No, we covered it. I, I gotta save something for the next episode. I, but I have a lot left for the next episode. Let me tell you, I held back on this one. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Next week's episode is going to be pretty nice. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.